Yes, now, and welcome back to episode 81 of the Top Loader Podcast. And I'd say thank you very much for the support on last week's episode. But thankfully, we are rejoined by the one and only Mr. H.J.A. Gods UK. Harry, how are you doing, my friend? Yes, very well. Thank you, Ronnie. Very well. Been a bit of a quiet week within the hobby, I think we can all probably agree on. Um, obviously, great episode last week with Martin, obviously, about the Southampton card show. Um, but yes, very pleased to be back rejoining you. How are you, mate? Good? Yeah, all good, apart from Arsenal women crashing out of the UA for Women's Champions League. So I'm going to have to cry myself to sleep to realise that we're not in Chrome next year or any top women's products, which is going to save my bank account quite a few quid. But then... It's just going to make me buy more of the first year stuff and the second year stuff. So swings and roundabouts. But no, like we say, obviously, it's a, I think everyone has come to a point now where it's a bit quieter period at the moment. Obviously, the season has just started. Well, it's after a first international break. And we thought we'd do a bit more of a recap of what it, what it's like at the moment, the hobby within the UK, and then also buying and selling because it's a very unique place we're in at the moment. We've done one of these about eight months ago, so at the beginning of the year where we looked at what we were thinking for the year and it's a very different place wouldn't you agree at the moment compared to the beginning obviously it's natural to go through these cycles but very different landscape from January when we talked about it first yeah definitely I think you know they're we're in a bit of a bit of rut at the moment I think within the hobby in terms of particularly probably buy and selling I don't know if you can really put it into saying it's a buyer's it's a buyer's or a seller's market at the moment. I do think it's very tough at the moment to start start selling. I think you know we've seen a bit of a bit I think whatnot going a bit of a quiet spell at the moment. Um I think buying and selling in general has probably been a bit quiet a lot over the last couple of weeks. You know, naturally when the season starts going up at, at the football season, we usually see a bit of an increase in people buying, especially with the way the players are playing every weekend. Usually you'd see a bit of an increase in terms of, you know, some plays, you know, even with the F1. I mean, you know, Carlos Sainz, an example. You'll see one his second ever Grand Prix, and I think his first, was it Ferrari, I think it might have been. Um, you know, so everyone's posting crazy amounts of Carlos Sainz on their stories. Um, but with the football, it doesn't seem to have that same effect at the moment, I don't believe anyway. Um, I think, you know, we're seeing quite a bit of a, a plateau in terms of where sort of the buying and selling market is. Um you know, I, I don't know whether you can put it down to one platform being better than another in terms of Instagram, Facebook, eBay, et cetera, et cetera, in terms of where the the most popular transactions are going. Um, but I do think we're in a bit of a quiet spell at the moment. Obviously, you know, we've, had, we've come off the back now, obviously, of Stadium Club Chrome, Merlin and Women's Chrome obviously being released, and that's still fairly new onto the market. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I think we're, we are seeing quite a, a quiet spell whether you'd agree or not, in, in the hobby in terms of buying and, and selling particularly. Yeah, I think it's been quite an interesting period. I feel like one of our things that we was hoping for with the hobby at the beginning of the year was trading would become a bit more prominent. And I think that has slowly worked itself into the UK hobby, which is good to see. Whether it's not a case, it's quite funny in the end that we were saying we want more trading, but it seems like wherever you're trying to sell a card and someone now wants to trade for it, and in the past, you tried to trade for it and someone tried to buy it. So it's kind of done a reverse thing, which it's obviously finding the unique balance. Obviously, a lot of people, I think, are in the same position as me and you, that you have a, a few cards left over. Obviously, Arsenal, most likely an Arsenal collector is going to want it. And it's quite sometimes you can work out a deal. Um, I've done it a few times where I've worked out a nice trade or part trade deal. But obviously, it's very tricky for, say, 
just off the top of my head, someone selling a Ronaldo card, someone might offer him a Messi card, but they might not want the Messi card in exchange for the Ronaldo. Whereas obviously cash is always king, but then it comes back to the case of if you want to have a liquid asset, you're going to have to take not 100% of the value, whereas in trade you'll get the equivalent of 100%, if not maybe 110, 120% of the value. So it's quite an intriguing one. Obviously, like I know you referred to it there, but obviously look, we will look into detail on a few different platforms, whether it's eBay, Instagram, whatnot, or any other platforms out there. But everyone's very unique in its own way. I feel like eBay has made a bit more of a resurgence recently in terms of I've heard quite a lot of people um, doing quite a lot of sales and doing quite a lot of business on eBay, buying and selling in general. I think there's been some good deals and some good prices on eBay. And I think that's the perfect place to start. And I know, obviously, it's a perfect example, actually, for us at the moment, because you've actually listed a few bits up. Obviously, we're going to say it's in preparation for this episode, but it's not because we always sound like we're organized. But how have you found it so far? Because I've spoke to a few people and it's been varied that some items will go get a load of interest and then some if they don't do the highlighted sort of spot like the promotion part of it where you pay an extra percentage it doesn't get as much looks yeah it's been very mixed um i think you know you've obviously for starters got to have the keywords spot on in terms of what people search for in order to for the, the listing to come up um you know i know me, I literally have safe searches for like Arsenal PSA, Arsenal SGC, and then specific cards also I'm looking for. Um, so, you know, when you're entering the title on eBay, you know, I know most people listening to this are probably are clued up enough to know this, but, um, you know, to have the keywords within the title obviously is the main priority. But yeah, I've get, the, the views are there. I mean, you know, I'm getting sort of 50, 60 views on some of my listings in terms of some of the cards I posted up recently. Um you just don't get a lot of offers though. You know, I've not, I've not even set a reserve on the offers. I think I've set it really low on some, so none of them will automatically reject. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's very hit and miss. You know, I said I've had 60 views on one of my cards and I had no offers and yeah, I've changed it to, from buy it now to bids. I've had two bids already. So it's like, right, okay, load it down by I think about 20, 30 quid and thought I'll see on bids and let it run, let it run through. And I've already had two free bids and already got like 20 views. So whether, people are more receptive to a bid listing rather than a buy it now. Um, I've had a fair amount of success on eBay over the last week. I've had a lot of deals where people have messaged me on Instagram. So listen, I've seen this card on, on your eBay. You charge you to do a better deal on Instagram. Yep. Cool. Sweet. Saves me, saves the eBay fees. Cause for me, people have that security blanket on eBay where, you know, you're pretty much covered. Um, if anything goes wrong with the card, anything is damaged, the buyer doesn't send it out. You're covered with obviously eBay's um, eBay security. On the flip side of that, I've seen I've seen I think a couple recently where people have literally got tracking proof that the car's been delivered, but they're still putting a claim in to say they've not received the item. And obviously, eBay ninety five percent of the time obviously will favour the the buyer's side. Um, so I think, you know, eBay does give that the, the buyer that security to so like, you know, anything goes wrong, you're covered. Um, but equally, the fee on eBay as a seller is very significant, um, which also is the only downside to eBay, which is why, you know, if people do message you on Instagram or, you know, you put a story up on Instagram going, listen, I've got these listings on eBay. If anyone's interested, shoot me a message on here and you can do a better deal because you save it for on the fees. Um but yeah, it's, it's it's very hit and miss. I see, you know, a couple of people message me being like, yeah, cool, let's do like a set price. You send them the offer, you don't hear anything back after that. It's like, cool, we spent 20 minutes trying to negotiate. I send you the offer and then 
you completely ghost me. So yeah, it's very hit and miss. But some people said I've had I've had a fair amount of success, but there's the odd bits here and there that probably could have had a bit of bit of an issue with and it's a bit bit tedious. But um that's why I said that you can't really pinpoint whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market at the moment because it's been been tough either way. Yeah, I think it's definitely obviously that's a massive question which always floats around the UK market if it's buying or selling. Uh, look at look at car shows for example the last London car show is very much a very good market it was healthy for both sides but I always feel like eBay because I've, it's natural within the hobby especially if you're buying any card you want it for as cheap as possible so when people see a 99p listing they're going to like it and watch it because they're thinking hold on it I might be able to get an absolute bargain here whereas mm. if they see something listed up at 50 they're probably like oh, right, that's at 50 I probably Nah, it can't be bothered to make the offer and then see all of that. Um, I feel like it's very different UK to US, uh, especially the office system. That I think they're a lot more active in the US, that they'll see new listings, make a reduction in price, then you know that they're willing to negotiate a bit more. Um, but yeah, eBay's a funny place. I picked up a few items on there recently in terms of um, just like a few little bits here and there in America in terms of women's cards because just get good price on them. People are a bit more willing to come down on their price a bit more, which is fair enough because I'm the same. If I want I want top dollar for my card. So, yeah, eBay's always been a weird and wonderful place. You get the foot traffic, like you say, of 50, 60, 70 upward, potentially looking at your item. But then, obviously, the trade-off you get on that is the percentage that eBay take. So, if you're selling a card for 100, you're going to get 86 after fees. And then, say, for example, you've got to buy packaging and also shipping. It's going to take it down to 80. So it's like you're losing one fifth of the overall transaction. Whereas on Instagram, some reached out, you could go and give me it for 90 and then you still be in profit more selling it for 10 pound less. So it's always where possible. It's always good to get a deal done over Instagram, which is perfect interlude into Instagram, which is a very interesting place to sell cards. I think every single person in the hobby has tried at one point Sometimes it's very, it works very well. Sometimes it's a bit hit and miss. Um, I've seen it quite a lot recently, and seems like there does good traction. I've seen quite a few sales. Obviously, people take a bit off the price. They know it's friends and family most of the time, even though, as we always say here on the podcast, if you don't know the person, always do goods and services. Unless you trust the person over multiple deals, and even then, it's still worth doing good services. The only people I do friends and family for are close people within the hobby that I've done multiple transactions with and know very well. So Instagram-wise, um, I've sold a few cards on. I haven't really listed anything up for a while, but I know obviously you've done the same thing. But you're always going to reach out to the same people, and that's where we go back and compare it to eBay, that Instagram is going to be the same core people every time you win the item, whereas eBay... All it takes is one person for the search. So Instagram, I always seem like there's good deals on Instagram. There's some really good story sales I see where you manage to pick up a few cards. And then I think the one benefit of Instagram is people sharing the story sales. Um, for example, there was, I can't remember what card it was now. Uh, there was an Arsenal women's card that was on sale in America. And because it's what literally one press of the button, you can send it straight to someone who might be interested, which is a good thing of, However, yeah, again, just the foot trap. So Instagram-wise, it's obviously a very tricky place. I know you've managed to do a few bits through Instagram. Obviously, friends and family, if you do that way, but obviously goods and services as well, has its benefits and drawbacks with eBay as well. It's all 
all of it's good and all of it's got negative. So how did you find the overall Instagram transaction, especially if someone's thinking about doing a story sale themselves? Yeah, I think, you know, always it's always best to have prices. You know, I think, you know, when you're going, oh, shoot me an offer or I have these cards for sale, it's like, cool, what's your price though? I think, you know, if you've got fair enough in terms of visibility and a price and all start ready to go, you've done the main bulk of, of your of your list in there. Um, me personally, I probably always do the best deals on Instagram, purely because, you know, if there's people you followed in the hobby and have followed for the last couple of months or years, um, you know where it's going. I'd probably always give the best sort of deal slash discount on Instagram. Um, obviously, with eBay, you have to cover your fees, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I just think, you know, just be, be prepared. Have pictures ready, have prices ready. Be prepared to negotiate on pricing. Um, have comps ready just so, you know, you've got your proof as to why you've listed at X. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd always give the best prices on Instagram just purely because, also, you know, you've got a lot more visibility on Instagram. Um, you know where it's going, Arsenal fans, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, just to have have that that visibility where you've got all your pricing set up and ready then add it to like one of your um story highlights people can still visit it um and i've got my tab left on my story highlights for the sale that i did just with any cards that are left over um you can then delete them as and when you sell them um but yeah i think you know so you get the most and like you said people can share your stories if you tag some people in the hobby and they share it out you get more visibility that way so um i probably had the, the most success from arguably ebay um but instagram for me obviously you know you always connect with those people on instagram and you have them you know the, the people that you talk to every day you've got your your arsenal collectors groups etc obviously fits the bill for what i've been selling um so yeah i think i think instagram for me is the best place um but arguably the, the, the place that people probably haggle you the most for for the best deal yeah, I think it's a very good place for you to buy. And it's a very good neutral meeting ground, I'd say, Instagram, especially you once you know what someone collects as well, it's easier that you get a high chance for repeat custom if you have the right item. So it is, like we say, it's a very interesting point at the moment. Obviously, we've spoken about eBay, we've spoken about Instagram. Obviously, now it's quite an interesting talking point, which is whatnot, which if we would have played this, this same article from 365 days ago, we would have said, it's a fantastic place to buy cards. It's a fantastic place to sell cards. You're going to get good prices on selling it. However, forward on a year and the whatnot landscape within the UK has completely changed. We've now gone from 15, 20 breakers to three or four main ones. Arguably, there's two main ones now in the UK, and that's about it. Obviously, you still have your like the likes of the other ones who are doing it independently, but now you've got two big breakers who are running companies off of it that they are taking over the landscape just down to sheer quantity they can break at good prices. They can take random spots at three, four pounds a spot where people have to do seven, eight. So you're seeing a lot more things on it. I can't remember. I've bought into one break on whatnot outside of LGL Breaks, our good friend, for about six months now. And that was a weird one because I just knew that Elliot from Trade Week Cards was breaking women's chrome. And for some reason, I remembered, and he was 75% of the way through it. So I loaded up, and there was two out of the five spots left with Arsenal. So I was like, I might as well just go for two spots here. Managed to get them. But I've, I've not even seen much on Instagram now with people going live on Whatnot tonight to do a big sale. I remember seeing... 
every night there'd be a different person doing thousand dollars worth, thousand pounds worth of singles, five hundred pounds worth of singles, graded slab sale. And it seems like it's a quieter place now. Obviously, the negative headlines regarding Klarna, obviously, is a uh, debate that we've had in the past, but it's definitely a place that's going to be very intriguing to watch over the next six to 12, potentially up to 18 weeks of actually what happens with whatnot. Does it somehow try and recover within the hobby of trying to attract more people? Do they do offers on it? Do they reverse their decision on Klarna and stuff like that? So, Hey, obviously, whatnot news. You I think you'd openly say you're never the biggest user of whatnot in general in terms of buying breaks, buying spots, buying singles. But even for someone on the outside of whatnot, not knowing everything about it, not really seeing much about it, whether from whatnot themselves in the UK or even breakers slash sellers. Yeah, I think we've seen a fairly drastic decline in whatnot over the last sort of couple of weeks. Um, I know we've touched on it previously on another episode where we were saying it has become quite flooded. Um, there was a lot going on all at the same time on the platform. And whether that's drawn people away to be like, you know, listen, you can't get a word in edgeways and whatnot with everybody else trying to go live at the same time. So let's take a step back, go back to the old days on Instagram, go back to, you know, Twitch or whatever else they were streaming on prior. Um, but I also think Klarna the situation with Klarna and whatnot has had the biggest impact for me personally, in my opinion, that I think has really drawn people away from it. Um, you know, you've still got all the usual suspects that are still streaming on their most nights. Um, but I really, I think, you know, there has been a bit of a quiet patch now and a big decline in terms of people streaming and whatnot. And like you say, doing these massive sales on there because that really was what was driving the platform forward. Um, you know, they had 50 cards pre-listed, another 100 cards to go in the sale. They were live for, for hours the whole evening. And now you've sort of barely seen anybody shout about it. Um, I do think the kind of thing I said has played a massive part, and I think is pretty shocking um, that you know whatnot would think that's a a wise idea to put something like Klarna onto onto the app and encourage essentially the use of it, um, which you know in some aspects can be used well, but in that sort of climate, I think Klarna is probably the worst thing you could have put on onto the app onto the platform. So. I do think people shared their voice, their opinions on that, and rightfully so. I think you know we could probably all agree with whatever with whatever everyone said um, about the use of of, of whatnot, about the use of Klarna and whatnot. Sorry, um, but yeah, it, we've just seen a massive decline in in the amount of usage on whatnot and the amount of sales that are going on on there. So, as you said, it'd be interesting to sort of said monitor it and see whether it gets recovered, whether it sort of, you know, predominantly still remains a US-based platform and, you know, they have the, the occasional UK breakers going live on there. Um, but it's been very noticeable over the last couple of sort of weeks, if not month or two, that whatnot has definitely seen a quite a, a quieter patch at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think I've known quite a few people in the past few weeks that have given up breaking, selling on whatnot in general, just not worth their time and effort of putting money and time into it to not get enough out of it. So obviously we hope to see a re, like resurgence of it because it was a good form of income for a lot of people within the UK scene and also made them like made the hobby a lot more liquid in terms of funds. So be intriguing, like we say, to keep an eye on that, to see what happens. Obviously there was a massive competition at one point between Vogt and whatnot. And then, it was a very good battle at times. And then when Fog gave up, really whatnot, not pushed on since. So I don't know if that was the aspect. So as I say, we'll keep an eye on that. But then I think another talking point, I think it's just in general, and I think it is 
that the UK hobby goer is just more smarter with investments, purchases. And whereas before we was picking up a lot of stuff within the UK itself, people have got smarter now to realise that there's plenty of other places around the world to buy cards. And it's actually quite feasible and reasonable to do it now. I think the perfect example, if we're going to use is the US, how many people have PO boxes out in the States? And okay, you've got a, you're factoring a lot more too with it, right? So you're buying 50 cards, they've got to go to your PO box, you've got to pay shipping from whatever address it is to the PO, and then you obviously accumulate it all together and then send it off in one combined shipping rate. Obviously, that's another 50, 60 bucks. But what you're saving and the sheer quantity size of the market in the States is unfold bigger. Some of the cards you see out there, you just never see in the UK at all. So I do feel like a lot more purchases are being made around the world in general from the UK hobby scene. We we know we speak to a lot of people, do it ourselves. We're picking up cards here. Wherever the best price of a card, someone's going to go there and buy it. It's that simple. If I can buy, say, right in front of me right here, a Katie McKay card, it could be 25 quid here. It could be 40 quid over somewhere else, or it could be 15 somewhere else. You're always going to work it out on shipping and costs. All right, if it works out one pound difference to buy here, then it is abroad. You're going to buy it here because you're going to get it quicker. But hey, obviously, different cards have different values in different parts of the world. And now that the user, theoretically speaking, could be in any of the markets, it's going to become more prominent in times to come when more people get used to the fact of using PO boxing systems like that. But definitely in comparison to this time last year, the UK buyer is more intelligent of picking stuff up all around the world. Oh, 100%. I think, you know, having that accessibility within the US to have these PO boxes there, given the fact that, you know, traditionally speaking, the prices in the US somewhat are a little bit cheaper than what they would be in the UK. Um, you know, you see a lot more product ripped, particularly within the US, which therefore make some of these cards a lot more easily accessible in the US. Um, and then having obviously access to, to US eBay as well, you know, all in all, you are sometimes better off buying a card from the US, having it stack up in your PR box and then shipping it all over at the same time, saving yourself one big, you know, lump shipping, shipping costs. So, um, you know, it's something I was going to add on to the eBay part, obviously where if you make your listings visible within the US, it's then obviously being able to, you know, whether it's feasible for the shipping to the US or not. You know, I know I've recently shipped off um, a binder to, to Canada. Um, I think it comes something like forty pound to post off to Canada, but it took six days. So you know, a lot of these, I know, and I've seen it take twenty five days before. Um, so you know, I think buying cars from all around the world has become so much more easily accessible. And as you say, the prices like are ridiculous. They fluctuate all over the place. Um, you know, I think naturally, I think, you know, the price in the UK are the highest, I think. Um, and, you know, the US, you do see a decline in it because the, the, the product is more easily accessible and there's a lot more of it ripped in the US. Um, and like you say, having these PR boxes so freely available, ready there to use, um does make it sometimes a lot more beneficial to buy within the us or to buy from other other countries around the world um so yeah i think it is it's definitely going to be an interesting kind of month to see how the buyer's market does develop um but yeah i mean having everywhere so easily accessible to buy from you know shipping from everywhere these peer box i think you know that it really is so easy for buyers to buy from anywhere in the world um 
so yeah, I'm interested to see how the next couple of months play out in terms of you know how it develops. But um, yeah, you really couldn't ask for much more easier access to to any country in the world to buy from. Yeah, it was funny. I was having a conversation with someone, and a lot of people have these maps up in their house where you scratch off the location once you visit on a holiday or a trip. And I was thinking the other day, like it's quite crazy if you come to think of it now as a collector. You could have one of these maps of where your your hobby, your PC has come from, and you scratch off so many countries around the world. It's crazy that I was thinking about the other day, just my Arsenal collection alone. That I've had stuff from Australia, I've had stuff from obviously US, I've had stuff from Brazil, I've had stuff from um, southern like southern Europe, northern Europe, Scandinavia, uh, obviously out in Asia as well. And it's crazy the amount of the world your collection has come from and traveled from and to. And that's what I think is so good about the hobby is like you could go and buy a sticker in Brazil if you wanted it. If, or you, you wanted a card in Australia, which is hard to get, like one of my women's cards. The only place I could find it was Australia. So that card's traveled halfway around the world to the collection. So it's just using what different markets out there. And obviously, that comes as well like we, this is the whole tool but of the uk buyer is more intelligent now that you can change your location or it's different shipping costs depending on where you're shipping uh, i think the perfect example is that i was on uh, ebay uh, recently and there was a consignment group within hong kong and i think the shipping to the uk was about 25 quid or the shipping to the uspo box was 4.99 so i'm like the 18 quid different i could go and buy two cards and it saves me money, whereas if I was just buying that one card. So, like we say, we are it, the hobby in the UK is a lot, lot smarter. It's getting drawn up now, like the IQ level of it. So, that's another thing to factor, which doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. And it perfectly talks onto our last one, which is buying and selling at a card show, which is becoming more popular. Obviously, we had Martin on last week from the Southampton Card Show, which there are still tickets available. And I definitely recommend you go down there because been speaking to a lot of the vendors then it sounds like it's going to be a very good show but h obviously buying and selling at a trade show is the optimal place because you can literally pick up the item in your hand you can obviously ask before you do it but you can take it out the penny sleeve and you can actually look at the condition and that is something that you can't put money on because how i think everyone's had it where you've been looking forward for this item to arrive and then it's arrived and there's a slight scratch or a little ding um but card shows is still, in my personal opinion, to buy, sell and trade is the best possible place to do it. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, you've got the whole deal right there in front of you. You've got the card, the condition, you know, the negotiation is right there and then all done in front of your eyes. You walk away with the card there and then. Um, so for me, yeah, I think that is arguably the, the prime location for you to do deals at, at card shows. You know, I know that... A lot of them are popping up now around about in the UK and they are becoming a lot more accessible within, you know, a closer distance to, to where you you locate from. So, um, you know, you wait a couple of months here and there for the big card shows to come up and you can do all of this buy, selling, trading right there and then in front of your eyes. And people pre-make deals for the card show in a couple, in a couple of weeks' time and you can then review the condition of the card there and then having pre-made the deal. So, 
um you know arguably card shows are the best place to to make deals that's by selling or trading um and i think you know for some time it will always be the best place to do it um you know meeting people there face to face discussing the card face to face um you know making you know long lasting connections as well so um you know i do think yeah card shows particularly for me will always be the way forward in terms of making making deals and i don't think you can't quite beat that that general human interaction there right there in front of you yeah i always say if there is a local card show go down to it always head down to it see what it's like obviously as i was saying there's a lot popping up now on average there's one probably every three weeks i'd say so always keep an eye out there's always there's bound to be one semi close to you whether it's up north down south in the midlands now there's quite a few appearing uh, obviously, Scotland um, has got its own show. Ireland, there's no doubt there's going to be one in either Northern Ireland or Republic of Ireland soon. And obviously, Wales, you've got the card show there as well. So, obviously, we've talked about buying and selling in each category. And obviously, we're just going to take a bit to talk about what we're experiencing buying and selling at the moment because we're our, our stages of our PCs are very different between the two of us. Mine's a lot more niche now in terms of picking up mainly just women's cards, which is probably one of the more expensive sets at the moment in terms of there's still the popularity there with it there's like some of the guys i'm trying to chase katie mccabe is perfect example it's her first ever base card so there is that market there for us to price it and drove up whereas in comparison to some other sets there's just not the interest there at the moment so they're kind of quite cheap so is there anything in particular at the moment i know you're selling a few items is there anything that you're looking at potentially moving into pc wise or is it a case of a lot of people I've seen at the moment trying to free up funds to get stuff graded for their own pieces. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, for me at the moment, obviously it's trying to, yeah, again, completely design rainbow, which I'm still patiently waiting for the to five to come up. Um, but I think for me, predominantly Erdegaard and Ben White, um, are two that I'm really heavily trying to, trying to buy into. Um, I know obviously I have recently made an attempt to start the Erdegaard rainbow from obviously stadium club Chrome. Um, and I think, you know, I just, Ben White, I love him as a player. Um, I think he's got some really nice cards out there, particularly from Select. I know, obviously, he has just signed with Futera, obviously, for the Arsenal packs, which I've seen a couple of the on-card autos. I know our good friend, obviously, CC Brakes, did pull, I think, out of five. Um, he posted on his Instagram today, or as of recording this yesterday, um, which obviously is, yeah, unbelievable. So, for me, I think Ben White and Erdegaard are two that I'm really trying to sort of heavily buy into at the moment. Um Obviously, yeah, typically Gasly and obviously Gunther Steiner as well. So they're the four that I'm predominantly obviously trying to base my PC around. Um, but otherwise, yeah, anything Arsenal will still always be, um, you know, favourable yeah, for, for me. Yeah, I think as well for me, what I'm doing at the moment is now rather than investing more and more into cards or stickers as it is, it's slowly grade a lot more stuff. Um, I've, got, like, I've got a sub ready to go off next month. Um, which is most likely going to go to SGC, which is a, a, a combination of Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry Henry and um, Granite Xhaka, which is, I think, epitomizes my PC quite well, especially non-women's items. is two of the best. Bergkamp, my favorite, one of my favourite Arsenal players of all time. Same Thierry and obviously Granite Xhaka, my favourite footballer of all time. So it's been nice to get some of these items slabbed up. They deserve to be protected, some of these stickers. Some of them, believe it or not, are actually older than me, which is quite funny. Um, one of one of the sticks I'm sending off is four years older than me, which, when I come to think of it, is quite funny. Our piece of paper is just sitting in a semi rigid, obviously, it's protected semi rigid sleeve, and then sleeve on the semi rigid. But it, these deserve to be in cases, they deserve to be graded. And 
I think that's what I'm going to start doing now every month, sending off maybe 10 cards every month, just to slowly work through the piece. No doubt I will pick up probably more than 10 cards a month, so I'm always going to be in a negative of how many cards I need to send off. But I think that's one thing as well, the UKB is I'm seeing a lot more graded stuff, which is great to see, because I remember 18 months ago to 24 months ago, obviously now the ease of grading is, and the price of grading has come down a lot. Um, I know I hate to agree with here that, we remember when there was everything was just raw, but now the turnover of graded cards every month, uh, seeing people doing 15, 20, 25, 30 card subs, it's good to see for the UK. And I think it epitomizes what we said earlier of the UK hobby is just getting smarter and smarter every week, every day, and every month. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I remember maybe what I just said, probably 18 months ago, maybe. Um, I was trying to find, buy my first Arsenal graded card. And there was literally nothing out there that, that I could get possibly that was PSA graded. It was very sort of, you know, a, a bit of a niche market that I could try and get my first to the graded Arsenal card. And then now I feel like you, you, you're you seeing more graded than you are raw, um, which obviously is it's a good to see. And it just comes a long way in terms of how easily accessible grading has become within the UK and how more people are using that accessibility as well to, to get their cards graded. So it's really good to see. And you said, I think you have got a pretty decent balance of mixed and great, oh, sorry, decent about between raw and graded um which obviously is really good to see and it's great to see how easily accessible grading has become um see so yeah, i think you know it's, it's really good to see how how far that has come in the last 18 months but um it'll certainly be interesting to see how that how much more that develops in within the next 18 months as well yeah obviously it's going to be something that we follow quite closely over the coming weeks and months where how the market slides how it goes with obviously the champions league as of recording this actually starts tomorrow as of being released is actually tonight obviously Champions League products always a very good one because tops do a lot of on-demand sets so they really build in with the hype obviously the question is do they do too many but that is a question for another day um but like we say it's now waiting to get that new season everyone's everyone's seen their teams in the new kits they want the new kits in the cars they want the new signings so it's a slow progress like process now of waiting for the next year. So obviously Panini is going to be quite a way behind. I don't anticipate to see any new Panini sets, especially for soccer, probably until February, March area. And that's probably being quite favourable because there's no World Cup or anything this year. Obviously next year, uh, it is tops with the Euros licence, which will be very intriguing to see how they pull off with that. Because if it's anything like the Nations League or under 21 Euros for tops, it will never come out, which is still something that is on the release calendars, which I feel like finally they can admit that it's been axed and it's never coming out. And like we say, it's going to be a very interesting period where the hobby's getting smarter, but also picking up more stuff. And obviously, slowly ticking round again into card show season. Obviously, we always say that, but it is, there's quite a few shows coming up within the two to six weeks area. And then obviously London. It kind of is a busy period, start with Southampton, actually and ending with London about six weeks after that. So I would say to everyone out there, I hope everyone is enjoying the hobby as it speaks. And obviously it seems like it's a very good community at the moment, seeing a lot of interactions with people in lives and everything like that. So as we always love to say on the Top Note Podcast, obviously thank you ever so much for joining us. If you are watching along on YouTube, please do press that little like button down below. It does help us massively. And obviously if you're listening on Spotify, hit that five stars. And until next time, I hope everyone out there is buying, selling, trading, all that good jazz. But most importantly, happy hobbying and good night. <laughs>